Okay, so tonight, Be'ezer Sashem, we're going to be discussing a fundamentally significant sugya in the Leshem, and it's going to be a continuation of sorts from last week's shir when we were discussing Tzimtzum, but it's going to move beyond Tzimtzum itself and become almost the heart of the Leshem system. If the sugyos that we've discussed until now frame and contextualize what the Leshem was doing in his Kabbalistic hermeneutics and in his Kabbalistic project, <clears throat> in both describing the textuality of his project, describing the historicity and the historical point that the Leshem was writing his secrets and disclosing his secrets in, which describe our generation as well, describing at length the value of the system of the Arizal in the sense that it is both metaphoric and literal, literal because at the end of the day, all we can say about it is that it is metaphoric. And then we took the sugyos of the third shear, which described the Leshem's literal approach to Kabbalah Sa'arizal, and we used it to understand the Leshem's shita in Simtsum, which, as we saw, was very similar to the shita in everything that the Arizal writes. It is that it is literal, but it is literal in a way that we have no capacity to grasp, and therefore we do not fall into the trap of assuming that we can grasp the essence of a Kaddish Baruch Hu or even the essence of the words that the Arizal was describing. Now, once we've described the Tzimtzum, now we begin to have permission, if you will, to discuss the Seder HaHishtalshlus. Seder HaHishtalshlus is the process through which a Kaddish Baruch Hu now allows his capacity towards limitation to unfold and manifest within the chain of being, within the interconnected worlds that are comprised of interconnected partsufim, which are comprised of interconnected sirot. And this interconnectivity between one part and another, a chain reaction of sorts, where there is a higher level that gives birth to an intermediary level that then gives birth to a lower level and so on and so forth, reiterating itself until we come to the actuality of this worldliness in the Malchus, the Malchus, the Asiya, as we discussed in Ostaf in Sefer Reish Milin, that all happens after the Tzimtzum. Before the Tzimtzum, even though the light that the Arizal and the Leshem are referring to prior to the Tzimtzum is still a secondary revelation, it is a graspable form of infinity or Ein Sof, and not Ein Sof, which we have no access to. Nevertheless, even the Or Ein Sof was annihilating in its presence destroying any possibility of communication or describing what we were discussing. Once the symptom takes place, that's when Dibor starts. Everything that we talk about in Seder of the Arizal and in the Zohar Kadosh and in the Leshem and all of our Mikubalim is after the symptom. It is always already after the primordial and originary contraction or disclosure of concealment that we saw last week that HaKadosh Baruch Hu has created the world with so that now when we discuss these concepts, we are free from really the fear of anthropomorphization or applying physical limits, God forbid, to the infinite itself. Now, as we discussed last week, the tzimtzum for Revel Yashav, the tzimtzum for the Leshem, very similar to what we saw in the writings of Rav Kook and Reish Milin by Os Aleph, was the giloi of the koyach hagvul mebilti gvul. It was the disclosure of the capacity towards limitation from within the unlimited. Meaning to say that based on the shitos of Rabbeinu Azriel, which stood at the crown of Rav Kook's system, as well as the Leshem system, for the infinite to be truly infinite, it must contain within itself the capacity to manifest in limitation. And this manifestation of limitation is what took place through the Tzimtzum. So once that 
limited power is disclosed. Once the Koyach HaGvul begins to take shape, so there's a Klal Gadol that as Mekablim, as individuals who are receiving the teachings, as individuals who are attempting after the fact to reflect on the divine processes, everything that we can understand is always already going to be duplicitous. It is always already going to be after the origin, after the beginning has already vanished. As human beings, we do not have the capacity to grasp the origin. The origin is irretrievable because if we were to grasp the origin, then we would lay claim to the infinite itself, like we've been discussing throughout. Therefore, all human understanding, especially when it comes to these sugyos, is always already after that primordial contraction or concealment, which blocks us from accessing the original essence. And therefore, every act of understanding, like we saw in Reish Milin at length, is already an act of translation, meaning that we are grasping the backside of things. We are not grasping the essence. We are grasping the manifestation of the essence in all of its different figurations and manifestations. The Pasuk that is most significant is from Kapitol Samach Beis in Tehillim, where the Pasuk says, Achas Dibor Elokim, Shtayim Zushamati. God has spoken a singular word, but I, as a human being, have heard two words, meaning to say that although all aspects of manifestation and the Seder HaShtalshlus and the emergence of limitation from within the infinite is always deeply unified and contained within and surrounded by and constituted by the annihilating light of unity of Enod Milvado, nevertheless, at Mitzidenu, from our perspective, when we behold that utterance, that sustaining utterance that HaKadosh Baruch Hu uses to create the world and sustain the world and maintain the world, or when we perceive the process of the creation of the world, in spite of the fact that at its core and from the perspective of God's self, so to speak, it's unified from the human consciousness of limited grasp, as the Leshem says so often in the name of the Rambam in Moranavuchim, we are always going to perceive that unity in a duplicitous form. So that even though what we're talking about is singular and unified in its essence, vis-a-vis us as makablim, vis-a-vis us as the receivers of these traditions, we are always going to need to utilize a binary mode of intellectual understanding so that the only way that we can access the unity of it all is by way of binary oppositions and seeing it in a duplicitous manifestation of two things in spite of the fact that those two things are perpetually unified in their source, they manifest in a duplicitous form so that we see them as two. But at the same moment that we're discussing the binary mode of governance and the way that HaKadosh Baruch Hu interacts in the world in two different tracts, which, God forbid, speak of duality, we hold by the Raza de Mehem Nusa that inherent within that duplicity and that binary opposition of how HaKadosh Baruch Hu manifests into the world, there is an abiding unity that manifests everything. So it is a singularity, is a unity that as it descends appears to become duplicitous and dualized, and there seems to be a duality at play. But the promise is, and all of our Mikubalim say this, that the unity as it descends into duplicity, as it descends into the two, into the doubling of things, where a person begins to doubt everything, like Rabbi Nachman writes so powerfully in Torah and Aleph, Atom Rumayim Mayim, 
don't say that there's two forms of water because in essence there's only one form of water. Nevertheless, even though we see it as duplicitous and doubled, the promise is that at the end of things, that duplicitous manifestation of the one will revert back to the original unity, thereby disclosing a deeper level of unity because the unity can manifest in duplicity as well, like we've been discussing until now. So for, for the Leshem, what happens immediately after the disclosure of the Koyach Agvul, after the power of limitation is disclosed, that power of concealment, that Koyach Hamastir is disclosed through the act of the Tzimtzum, so now there are going to be two ways that HaKadosh Baruch Hu relates to existence, to the roots of existence, and to the world itself. Those two modes are going to be what our Mikubalim, based on the Zohar and based on the Arizal, are going to refer to as Chasadim and Gvurot. Chesed and Gvura. Two oppositionary traits which operate in unison in order to manifest and create all of existence. Chesed is an expressivity. It is a movement forward. It is a flowing expression of the inside turning outwards and expressing itself in a flowing quality like water. Chesed is always going to be compared, like we see in the Tikkun Zohar and the Vilna Gon for the Leshem becomes the arbiter of this description. That Chesed is associated with water, which represents a unified flow of unifying light. Gvura, on the other hand, strength or severity or potency represents the counterpoint to that chesed. It represents the constrictive quality of vessels. It represents that which engarbs and encloses the expressivity of chesed so that it does not overstep its boundaries. Chesed on its own is pure expressivity. It is a loving kindness that moves from the individual, from internal towards the external, taking everything outside of itself and allowing it to become part of oneself so that everything becomes unified in a monolithic way. And that's why we see very often the language of chesed pashut, because chesed is simple in its nature, because it sees difference outside of itself, yet as it descends outwards, it attempts to take all difference and make it like itself. In the act of love, where the the person attempts to take the other and transform them into themselves. That's what chesed's nature is. It's a flowing kindness that seeks to unify all of existence. Gevura, on the other hand, is that which breaks apart, that which differentiates, that which multiplies, that which says to the unified flow of chesed, there is distinction here, and there are different parts here, and there is disparity and multiplicity at the heart of that unity. And Gvura says, Ad po tavo, you can only come up until here, like we saw in Ozpei in Reshmilin. Gvura sets the boundary, it sets the limit. It creates the vessels of containment that say that chesed cannot express itself fully. Now, these chasadim and these gvuros, and at this point in the Seder HaRishtalshalis, we are speaking way above the manifestation of the particular spheros of chesed and gvura. We are now talking about the two building blocks, the DNA, the genetic essence of all of existence, to the extent that even Simsum and the Kav, even the two most originary acts of creation, are simply manifestations of Chesed and Gvura, which are the two potencies through which HaKadosh Baruch Hu reveals himself. And again, like we said, these two potencies are really unified in their source. But for our sake of understanding, the singular descends into two, so we see it as Chesed and Gvura. Now, the Arizal and the Mekubalim 
have a number of synonyms that they use when discussing these chasadim and these gvuros, or what the Leshem refers to time and time again as chug, ches, vav, chupchik, gimel, as chasadim vigvuros, the light of chasadim, the expressive light, and the light of gvuros, the potent light that constricts those things. The synonyms are going to be dachar v'nukva, or zachar v'nekeva, the masculine and the feminine. The masculine quality, according to the Arizal and according to the Leshem, is one of elongation, one of expressivity, one of giving forth from oneself, expressing oneself forward in order to make the other like oneself, depositing the potential so that the potential can be formed in its likeness. And the Nekeva is the receptacle that allows for the formation of things, the gestation of things, the distinction of things, so that what appears to be the Chesed actually appears to be different once it undergoes the processes of the Nekeva and the Gevura. So Chasadim and Gevuros are going to be synonymous with Dachar Venukva or Zachar Venekeva, or the masculine potency of expressivity and the feminine quality of waiting and receptivity. Now, we're not talking about gendered binaries here. Every individual, every aspect of existence, and the Ariza and the Leshem are very, very clear on this, contains within itself both a masculine property and a feminine property. And the distinctions depend on which one takes, which one takes the, the, the first and primary role in that particular existence. And another synonym or another binary opposition which we're going to associate with the chasadim and the gvuros or zachar and nekeva is going to be oros and kalim. Now this is something we discussed at length in the shirim on Reish Milin that HaKadosh Baruch Hu willed into being that his essence should be disseminated and disclosed into existence in two forms. One is orot, one is the potency of lights now, it's not an actual light, God forbid, it is not some metaphysical form of illumination, but rather, as the Ramchal writes and the Leshem writes as well, light is the metaphor that was used because it is the fullest description of something that is at once physical and non-physical. So light became the metaphor that the Mikubalim used to describe the essence or the emanations of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So the Orot the expressive spirituality and divine presence in the world is going to be associated with the zakhar, the masculine quality, which is associated with the chasadim, which is the expressivity. So we have aligned on the right side, the chasadim, which represent the zakhar and the masculine property of existence, which represent the orot, the lights that emerge into existence and into being, illuminating being with the light of divinity. And Counterpoint to that, we're going to have the kalim, we're going to have the containment vessels, those constrictive measures that say that in order for the light to have any meaning, it must adhere to the particular and, and minimized measurements that this world operates according to. So the kalim take the light and they measure it and they ensure that that light can be disclosed properly, as we said multiple times, that for the Arizal, there's a paradoxical play where the concealment of light is what allows for its disclosure. If it were not for the gvuros, chasadim would be meaningless because it would be pure expressivity all the way down. There would be no manifestation of anything because it would just be a pure flow of pashtus, of chesed pashut. It would be one unified flow with no distinction, with no room for differentiation, and thereby negating the possibility of existence, which is abiding in and constituted by differentiation and multiplicity. So the chasadim need the gvuros in order to manifest and become something meaningful.
the Zohar needs the Nekeva in order to find the receptacle, in order to manifest into something expressive and actual. The Oros need the Kalim in order to conceal them for the sake of disclosing them in a measurable and limited way. So these two modes of existence, this binary opposition that HaKadosh Baruch Hu starts off all of existence with, are Chasadim and Gvuros, Zachar and Nekeva, and Oros Vekelim. Now we see this throughout the system of the Arizal and throughout Sefer Chasidus and the Svarim of the Vilna Gon, that these two modes of existence have different names. There's Isarusa de Le'ela, there's the expression of, of Hashkadosh Baruch Hu from above, the Mayan Duchrim, the masculine waters which descend below, from above to below, the Or Yashar, which is an act of Chesed, which descends into the world. And parallel to the Gvuros, there's going to be the Isarusa de Latata, the inspiration and the stimulation that emerges from below through human effort. And there's going to be the Mayan Nukfin, the feminine waters. There's going to be the Or Ein Sof, the unlimited light, which is obviously going to be associated with chasadim, and there's going to be the tzimtzum and the contraction and the constriction, which is going to be associated with gvuros. There's going to be the bilti gvul, the unlimited nature of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, which is associated with the chasadim and the zachar and the orot, and you're going to have the koya hagvul, the power of limitation, which is going to be associated with the gvurot, with nekeva, and with the Kalim themselves. So what the Leshem brings to the Sugya is something remarkable. That when we talk about Chasadim and Gvuros, very often at this binary opposition, in this pairing, we value Chasadim over Gvurot. The typical way of understanding is that expressivity, loving kindness, the apparent manifestation of HaKadosh Baruch Hu in the world through Orot, the masculine property of expression and movement, that those reign supreme when applied to the binary opposition of chasadim and gvurot, or zachar and nekeva. But what the Leshem comes to show us, and if I may say such a thing, this is, like I said, the heart of the Leshem system, and nobody, perhaps maybe the Mitla Rebbe, perhaps maybe Rav Dov Perhaps maybe the second Lubavitcher Rebbe goes as far as the Leshem Shavuah does in saying this, but for the Leshem, he undoes the typical way of understanding the binary opposition of Chasadim and Gvuros, and he spends pages and pages and pages throughout his thousands of pages of writings trying to show us time and time again that in spite of the fact that externally Chasadim seem to be more expressive of the light of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that in its root, the gvurot, the severity, the potency, the feminine quality of existence, the kalim themselves, are a fuller and more intense and potent expression of divinity and HaKadosh Baruch Hu than the chasadim themselves. And in a sense, this is the project of the Leshem, to take all that appears to be fallen and broken and severe and harsh and painful and the suffering that abides as a result of this, to take all of those sugyos, both phenomenologically as well as spiritually speaking in an intellectual way, and show that in their root, the lower is really rooted in a higher place than what appears to be higher. 
that the kalim kavyachal are rooted in a higher place than the oros, that the gvuros are rooted in a loftier space than the chasadim themselves, that the nekeva, the malchus, the lesle, the garmeklum, that which has nothing of its own, which appears to be the lowest rung on the ladder of existence, is in truth the eshes chayel ataras ba'ala, the crowning jewel of her husband's head, the evan masu habanim haisala roshpina, the hated stone, that spited stone that appears to be the lowest expression of existence because it manifests in severity and pain, is in truth going to be revealed to be the loftiest aspect of existence. So that the gvuros for the leshen, in spite of the fact that they are more painful, more severe, more potent, and more dark than the chasadim themselves, and in spite of the fact that they appear to be devoid of expression because they limit and they conceal, Nevertheless, their concealment or that severity is rooted in a loftier place within the recesses of Ein Sof Kav Yachol, that the Gevuros are a higher and more potent expression of HaKadosh Baruch Hu's light in this world, and that La'asid Lavo, in the future, in the eschatological moments of Asid Lavo, which can be experienced as we saw so often in the Leshem in the second year, which can be tasted and experienced in this world as well, there is a value to the gavuros. There is a value to the severity, the suffering, the pain, the darkness, the concealment, the hiddenness, the svekos, the anxiety of the gavuros that cannot be accessed through the chasadim themselves. Now, we're going to see that for the Leshem, the entirety of existence is predicated on a beginning, a middle, and an end. The beginning, as we're going to see next week, Bezra Sashem, emerged simply with Gevuros. The Olam HaTohu, the Shira Sakelim, the shattering of the vessels, the chaotic severity of the Gevuros on their own. But Sof Ma'aseb Machshava the end of history, the end of action, the end of manifestation is rooted in the beginning of thought so that the expression of the Gevuros at the beginning of existence is expressive of the fact that the purpose of existence, the tachlis of existence, is that we all realize the elevated status of the Gevuros themselves. That in the severity of experience itself, in the expression of potency and differentiation and multiplicity itself, we very often find the fuller experience of essence and life than we would find in the chasadim themselves. And the asid lavo, when there is an Indian, when that which appears to be lower is manifested as higher, we're going to see that the gvuros in their root are me'ulameha chasadim, that the gvuros are higher than the chasadim, that the zahav, the gold, which is associated with the sira of gvura, is higher than the kesev, is higher than the silver, which is associated with the chesed, and that the levim, who are associated with the severity of Gvura, are going to be loftier than the Kohanim, who are associated with the Surah of Chesed. And that Yitzchak Avinu, who is the paradigm and the archetype of Gvura, is going to be the one who is Malamed Tzfusanas, to the point that Geula is only possible because of Yitzchak. And the laughter that abides in the redemptive process of Yitzchak taking the rightful place at the beginning of the Shishtashlus is the laughter of that transvaluation, that flipping, that reversal, where that which appeared to have been lower and degraded and more severe 
is in truth disclosed and revealed to be the loftier aspect of existence. This is the schok of Purim. This is the laughter of Purim. The v'tishak liom acharon. That kol hashomea yitzchak li. That Yitzchak, the paradigm and the archetype of Gevura, is going to be shown to be the fullest expression of the love and kindness that HaKadosh Baruch Hu has from us, even above and beyond his father Avraham, who is the paradigm and archetype of Chesed itself. Now, this expression of Gevura, as we're going to see in the writings of the Leshem, is the expression of Ta'anug, of pleasure and Ratzon and Teshuka, because as we're going to see, Chesed is monolithic. It is simplified, it is unified, and it is the simple progression of expressivity, unchanging, the same that it was in the beginning, in the middle, and the end. That's why it's called chesed pashut. Gevura, on the other hand, is what allows for actualization and manifestation, because gevura is the limit that forces the expression of chesed to manifest itself. Without the limitation, there can be no expression. Without the hiskabrus ha'atzmiut, without the overcoming of the self, the overcoming of the self-imposed limitations and the kalim, there can be no expression. So we find that the gavuros and the limitation and the lines and the boundaries that are set by gavura and severity are in and of themselves that which allows for anything to come into creation. That gavura is the source of multiplicity. Gavura is the source of hisorurus, of movement within the self. Prior to actualization externally, there is a to and fro, back and forth within the self, where there's a questioning and an answering. There is a movement upwards and a movement downwards. There is a sha'ashua b'primius. There is an internal dance that takes place prior to any action or decision that is rooted entirely and is based on the engine of gvuros, which allow one thing to separate from the other so that there is a hisnoninus within the self. There is a rupture within the self and the unity of the self and the unity of ein sofiut is undergoing the process of distinction so that instead of having one monolithic expression of chesed, there is now a differentiation of parts as the result of gavura. And because there is now a differentiation of parts, there's room for relationship. Because when there's monolithic singularity of chesed, there's no room for relationship because it's all the self. There is no distinction between self and other. It is only by way of Gvura which says that this thing goes until here and this thing starts over here, that there can be the concept of relationship because one thing is different from the other in order for there to be the process of conversation and relationship. And once there is differentiation, those two entities or those three entities or four of the hule can now interact with one another and create friction. And the movement back and forth allows for a manifestation of something new, of Chiddush, like the Meshiloach, like the Rav Tzadok says in the name of the Meshiloach, that Shamati, I heard, that kol chidush ba'a me sitra di Yitzchak, di ihu sitra di That all novelty, everything new emerges from the side of Yitzchak, which is the side of laughter. Because if it were not for distinction and separation and the darkness that creates separation in the unity that preceded it, there would be no room for relationship and the emergence of something new. So for the Leshem, the expression of Gevura, as it's going to be expressed, when Malchus elevates itself to the source above Zeranpin, when the feminine emerges above the masculine, when doubt emerges beyond certainty, when questioning emerges beyond answers, 
when suffering emerges beyond shalva, when the anxiety that we experience in Gullus emerges as a loftier level of avodas Hashem than the menucha sanefesh that we experienced in Geula, so that is going to be because the Gevura allowed for there to be a fuller expression of the self, a fuller potentiation, effectuation, and manifestation of that which remained dormant as it existed in Chesed itself. So what we're going to look at now is a few sources in the Leshem that describe this. Now, like I said last week, the singular Makoros that I choose to use are by no means the only place that the Leshem expresses this. That this sugi in particular can be expressed from quite literally hundreds of places within the writings of the Leshem, where he expresses it sometimes in the same way and sometimes in different ways with particular nuances. But for the sake of conveying the fundamentals of the idea itself, we're going to satisfy with a singular source. And if anybody's interested in other sources, um, they're, they're more than welcome to reach out. So what we're going to be looking at now is Drushe Olamatohu, Chilek Aleph, Drush Aleph, Simen Beis Os Dalid. So Leshem says as follows. He says, Ubiur Ha'inyan Becholzehu. The explanation of this thing in its essence is as follows. Ki Ha'oros de Chasadim Ugvuros Hine Kava Bahem Hamatzil Yisparchemo, Lechol Echad Chunos Miuchados. That Akadish Baruchu has assigned and set for the Chasadim and the Gvuros. Two individualized natures. Because the nature of chasadim are to connect and to be unified. Are to be separated and to move beyond themselves and to create distance, like the Gwar Road and his parish on Tikkun Zohar. Because chasadim and gvuros are the aspect of mayim and esh, of water and fire. Mayim is chesed as it flows forward in its unified form. Esh is gvura as it disintegrates and creates differentiation and multiplicity from something that was previously unified. Because fire turns everything into ashes, and ashes are, are a manifold of particular forms of the irreducible essence of something that originally was unified. Mayim darcham lehistabek, water's way is to connect, and all things that are meant to be connected like dough or like flour that creates the dough form and connect through water. And fire's process is to separate. Because everything that is burnt is separated. And so too, everything that is dry and devoid of water separates and crumbles. And the Leshem continues and he says, and now he's going to really be discussing the essence of the Gvuros themselves. What are Gvura? What are Gvuros and their root? Beyond what we mean when we talk about severity and death and suffering, what do we mean when we say that that the sweetening of the severity is in its root? What the Leshem is going to tell us time and time again is that when we elevate Gvuros back to their source of what they truly are, we're going to see that in spite of the fact that they may manifest as negativity in their root, they are the motor and the engine of expressivity and manifestation. Vihine anuroim says the Leshem, Bechol inyane pu'ula v'maisa. In all activity and action, hein bepu'ula sikhliut, in intellectual action, so in the thinking process, anytime we think a new thought or a chiddush or a novelty, 
Vehem pabula maasi sanasa bekochus apawal baasko vasiaso. And so too in a physical action that is performed through the physical body itself. Hine hu yotze venimsha harak aliyadehis orus. The manifestation of action is only through stimulation, through his orurus, through an awakening of the self, through a stimulation of the self. Whether it is in stimulation of the mind and its understandings, or or the emergence and the stimulation of the strengths prior to their manifestation. And all stimulation, all movement, all awakening is predicated on the distinction of movements. That in order for me to move my hands properly, I need to first coalesce all the differences and all the potential within my arm to act. Now there is a accumulation of the different potencies within my hand before I reach out. Chol hisorus, all movement, all stimulation, is the discernment of movement. That the strengths of the mind or the strengths of the body, that they are awakened and now they begin to rumble and they begin to move within themselves. The whole tnua and what is movement, says the Leshem, here the Leshem is describing something that can really only be felt. All movement is a removal from one strength to the other strength. Like we said, there can be no relationship until there is a duality. And duality only manifests through the separation of one thing and its other. So before I can actually perform an action, there needs to be a potential and a manifestation. There needs to be two different forms that unify in order to perform the task at hand. All movement is ha'ataka, removal from the self to the self that moves from one strength to another. Which manifests in separation and multiplicity. Because the potency and the potential of the self through the inner simulation that allows a movement from the self to the self so that there's a dance internally taking place prior to manifestation, that results in a multiplication of the self within the self because now I have more than one koach. And they create friction and they spark and they glance one to another, almost in the way of setting a fire. And because of this internal multiplication, because of this internal severity, because of the overcoming of the self and the birth within the self, within Ein Sof Kavyachol, of all of these different kochos, they begin to emerge externally because they're saturated. And through that emergence of the potency and the multiplicity of potential, there emerges a new action. Whether it's a physical action, or an intellectual action, which is the birth of some new novelty. All of this is only through the gvuros, which allow for differentiation, which then allows for movement, which then allows for separation, which then allows for multiplication and multiplicity, which eventually manifests in expressivity and manifestation externally. 
Because from the Gevuros themselves, there is movement and expression. And the expression of its strength externally. But the chesed, whose koach is unity and the unification of itself, and connecting things and the loving kindness that makes the other into the self. That chesed doesn't express itself. Chesed alone remains internalized swallowed within the self-same of itself, with no differentiation. It remains unified, and thereby that unity prevents any relationship, which allows eventually the expression of something new. That with chesed, all of its strengths are unified, curved in onto the self, and chesed remains perpetually itself, unable to express anything other than itself, and thereby negating differentiation and multiplicity, which is the purpose of creation, which is what the Koyach HaGvul is, which is how Hashem shows His ability, Kavyachol, to manifest in difference and not simply in unity. Chesed cannot express itself externally. Because there's no action that emerges from it. And it has no expressivity. And this is why we find by chesed, because chesed can remain simple and unified in its essence, because it doesn't create any differentiation or multiplicity. But we never find the Lashon of Gvura Pshuta, because Gvura is always already multiplied. It's always already a doubling that allows for multiplicity and relationship and expressivity and something new. Lomar Gvura Pshuta. We never find anybody saying Gvura Pshuta. Because like we said, when Chesed is in and of itself, it is contained and unified within itself. Velo Nivchan Bo Shum Klal. And there is no discernment of multiplicity. It's simplified and has no revelatory process. Which is not true when we talk about Why? Because Gevura expresses itself in all modes of multiplicity to the fullest extent. And there is no stoppage to its spirit. And it is always moving. And we don't have the Lashon of Pashut by Gevura because Gevura is quite literally the opposite of Pashtus. So what we see here from the Leshem is that out of these two Tchunos, which obviously are unified in their root, but in their expressivity of that in spite of the fact that Hashem reveals Himself in a unified form, our expressivity and understanding of this is always duplicitous and always doubled. Gvura allows for expression, allows for manifestation, allows for awakening, and thereby it allows for a new expression and a new revelation and disclosure of HaKadosh Baruch Hu that was hitherto unrevealed. 
But chesed, as it expresses itself in its own self, remains caught up within itself. It remains simplified and unified because it has no distinction. It is unified and it makes no room for difference. So what we see here is the Leshem expressing the two tchunos of chasadim and gvuros. Chasadim are the unified force in existence, which abide within everything, oilam chasad yibaneh. But the gvuros are what allows that unified form that HaKadosh Baruch Hu reveals himself in to take shape and to take root in the worlds of separation. And the purpose of the worlds of separation, as we're going to see from the Leshem, is to manifest fully so that we can show that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is here as well. That even in the gvuros, even within limitation and suffering and the ra and the evil that abides as a result of those gvuros, as they express themselves in the nether regions, that this multiplicity, this emergence of difference, is only for the sake of disclosing a deeper level of unity, of tachlis habria bedira hatachtonim, that gvuros are the dira hatachtonim, gvuros are the manifestation of a Kaddish Baruch Hu's light in the lower realms of being, in difference, in manifoldness, in, in reboy, in multiplicity. And when we show that even within this multiplicity there abides the light of unity, then we disclose a deeper level of or and yichud than we would have previously been exposed to. And so these gvuros are simply the kayach that we discussed last week. They are the power of limitation from within the unlimited. HaKadosh Baruch Hu's desire and capacity to disclose himself within limitation and not only in the unlimited allows for differentiation and multiplicity which will eventually reveal a unity, a yichud from within the gvanim hamishtanim, from within the colors that change. Like Rabbi Nachman tells us that there's yachid, there's unity, there's simple unity, and there's rabim, which is multiplicity. And yachid v'rabim halacha k'rabim. And when it comes to which reigns supreme, whether it's the simple unity of HaKadosh Baruch Hu or the multiplicity of HaKadosh Baruch Hu as expressed through difference, we find that the Reboy and the Rabbim is a greater expression of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. That the revelation that there is a Kayach HaGvul, a power of limitation and potency within the infinite, is a deeper revelation, a deeper disclosure of the infinite than had it simply remained in its infinitude. And that is only possible, what the Leshem is saying, is only possible through Gvuros. But when we understand the root of Gvuros and the purpose of Gvuros, that's what we mean of Hamtakas Adinim Bisharasham. Because the multiplicity and the differentiation of the gvuros are not evil. They're not bad or suffering. Only when they emerge in their lowest form do they appear as hester and concealment and suffering because those two, those experiences as well, are only possible through gvuros. Those are the experiences that we are capable of finding the light of HaKadosh Baruch Hu in. And if there was only chasadim, if there was only dachar, if there was only the zachar or the masculine potency of expressivity without the limiting quality of the feminine, there would be no manifestation of action. Now we're going to look at makoros within the Leshem, in particular in Sefer Hadeya Chelek Beis, um, where the Leshem discusses the value of the gvuros as being higher than the chasadim la'asad lavo, because they allow for the entire playing field of existence. They allow for the entire process of history of the period that will eventually be disclosed as a higher level of unity. And the Leshem says as follows. Here I'm reading from Jushay Olamatohu Chelek Beis, the second volume of Jushay Olamatohu of Sefer Hadeya. Um, Drush Dalid Anaf Yud Zayin. 
So the Leshem says as follows. He says, All of these potentials and these strengths that are necessary for the creation of the worlds, that are necessary for their rectification, as well as their form that they exist in nowadays, they are only by way of the Gevuros. Because all pleasure and all splendor and all shining that is abiding and ready to be revealed in the future, which is the purposeful end of existence, that the purpose of creation, the unity that abides when all duplicity and multiplicity are shown to be part and parcel of Ein Od Milvado, that is only possible through the Gvuros, only through Gvuros themselves. And the Leshem continues and he says, what we've seen for, from these words themselves, all negativity that is the symptom of Gvuros, that is the symptom of the differentiation that HaKadosh Baruch Hu has allowed for in creation, all negativity and concealment is simply so that the the power of severity, the power of potency, can disclose itself within this world, because only through them is there an actualization of Metzius. And so too, all the pleasure and the goodness that will be revealed in the future is only through the Gevuros. And all negativity is prepared for the good. And all negativity and concealment and constriction and suffering, which are the symptoms of the Gevura, all of that is simply for the sake of the good that will emerge afterwards. And the Leshem continues with a, a Medrash from Sefer Hatzmura, from Midrash Hatzmura, which he quotes 20 times at least in this Sefer. He says as follows, Ki Because negativity is for a purpose. Ki nikir hatova. Because only through the Gevuros, only through negativity, can we recognize the good. The Omek HaKavana says the Leshem, and the depth of the intention here is, Ki Sibas HaRaos Meskalim V'Naasim HaTovos. Because the negativity itself is what allows for positivity. It's not shot that the negativity will be shown to be positive. That there can be no concept of positive without the negative. There can be no expression of Chesed without the limiting nature of Gevura. Because it's only through the expression of the negativity, through the gvuros themselves, that the good that abides counteractive to it has the capacity to be revealed. Because as we said, there's no revelation of anything without gvura. Every feeling of pleasure. It is only possible by way of negation and lack. And the experience of lack and pain are the purpose and the bedrock upon which the pleasure and the positivity are built. Because without the limiting power of the Gevuros that caused the Gevura and the Choshech, there can be no expression of good. 
And this is what Chazal meant when they said in Medrash HaTemura, Without death, there would be no life. And without negativity, there would be no peace. Now the Leshem, in the name of the Gra, in the name of the Zohar, doesn't see Misa as actual death, but Misa, as described in the Ijaraba, is Kolman Diyarid Midargadilei, Nikra Misa, that every individual or everything that descends from a previous level is going to be considered a form of death. So that the Jewish people have the capacity to experience the feeling of death every time we dive into Philos as the Arizal says, or every time we experience any Arida. So without those feelings of death in our lives, without those feelings of loss in our lives, there could be no feeling of life itself. Without negativity and machlokas, there could be no feeling of peace. Ki because the pleasure of life, who nirgesh mehamaves, is made more expressive and more potent because of death itself. who nirgesh And the pleasure of peace is only felt because of the gvuros of melchama. Because through the capacity of Gavuros and limitation, through which the poisonous thing of death operates, and it emerges into existence with the creation of the of the sword of the Malachamavas with the tipa of poison that stands at the end of it, after it is sweetened, after it is disclosed to have been the purpose of existence, that once we recognize the purpose of all of this, it doesn't express death or destruction or severity, but rather it's the pleasure of life. It's the pleasure of self-overcoming. Who is strong, the individual is able to overcome themselves. And this is true with the Indian of Ketoros as well, which Moshe Rabbeinu stole from the Malach HaMavis and used Davka to bring people back to life. And this is what Chazal mean when they say that that there's no sequentiality or a differentiation between the, the pain and the cure. The pain is the cure. The negativity is the light. The Gevura is the Chesed. The limitation is the expression of the unlimited. The choshech is an expression of the light. Ilule shenafalti, and this is what we mean, altis macheni oivaisi, that the Pasuk says, my enemies should not rejoice over me for that I have fallen. Ki nafalti kamti, ki eshev b'choshech Hashem orli, for I have fallen and I have gotten up, I have sat in darkness and Hashem was light to me. And the Medrash says, ilune shenafalti, had I not fallen lo kamti, I would not have gotten up. Had I not sat in darkness, there would have been no light. And this is what we mean when we say, that the Gvuros themselves, the limitation, the limiting power of Koyach HaGvul, of Tzimtzum, of the Gvulim, of the Kalim, of the Nekeva, of the limiting potential of the feminine principle within each and every individual, is what allows for the expression of masculinity and Chasadim and light. That without the chisaron of the levana, without the lack of the moon and the waxing and waning of the moon and the distortions and the concealments and the anxiety that abide within existence, there would be no room for clarity. Because that when a person realizes that the source of all gvura, as the Leshem says more and more than any makobel prior to him or afterwards, that the tachlis is to be mahapich the gvuros into chasadim, to show that the gvuros themselves are the light of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that concealment and limitation are the expression of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and that the 
darkness that abides throughout the thick process of exile and history are in fact the unified process of HaKadosh Baruch Hu disclosing his unity like Rav Kook and the Leshem talk about all the time. And the last Makor that we're going to look at is what, Rabbi Na- what, what the Leshem says over here. He says, and this is still going to be in Chelek Beis of Sefer Adeya, Drish Dalet, but now we're going to be in Anaf Yudches and Ozvav. All of history is rooted in the concealed thought of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the emergence of negativity and duplicity and distinction and separateness and hiddenness and anxiety and suffering and sickness and death and pain that are revealed at the beginning of creation through the Shvira Sakelem, which we're going to be discussing next week, all of that is for the purpose of the kavana hatachlitit, the purposeful teleological purpose of creation, which is the tachlis tikkun ha'asid, which is the eventual rectification, which again can be tasted in the present as well. Kini'imas kol ha'inugim, because the pleasure of all pleasures, the chamudas kol ha'chamudos, and the desire of all that is desirable, v'chein kol ha'simcha hayoter afshari, and all the joy that is possible to express, in all of its ten forms that are described, Gila, Rina, Ditsa, Chedva, Avav, Achva, Vishalom, Vareus, Bechen Kol Haziv, Vahazohar, and all the light and the shine, Vahatov, Hatsafun, Haatid, Han Elam, Mikolchai, and the goodness that is concealed until the eventual redemption, like it is written in the Gemara Brachos that we have no access to this, this is only possible through the holy and sanctified Gvuros, and because the end result is rooted in the initial thought, the expression of HaKadosh Baruch Hu that in, initiated the entire process, it was an act of tzimtzum. It was an act of concealment. Because concealment at its end is going to be revealed to be the greatest lever of expression. Now what we didn't see in the sources tonight is that the Leshem finds so much significance in the Pasuk and Shir HaShirim, which is what he bases his entire sugya of the Tachla Sagvuros on. We're going to be looking at Perak Ches Pasuk, uh, Pasuk Shishi. Let me be a seal upon your heart, like the seal upon your hand. For love is as fierce as death. That jealousy and passion are as mighty as Sha'ol. Its flames and its darts are darts of fire. A blazing faint, a blazing flame. In the name of the girl, what the Leshem sees here is the flaming desire for HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that painful desire, that love that hurts, that desire that emerges from the painful expressivity within the individual that does not find place for expression, the multiplicity that moves within the person, the ruts of the shov within the individual, the sha'ashua mine ubei, the back and forth, that procession of movement and, and, and returning and refrain that create within their dialectical process an expression, like the Rebbe Rashab writes in 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 the drashos of Tafresh Nun Zayin and Tafresh Nun Tes that Gevura is Hiskabrus Haatzmius, that Gevura is actually a further manifestation of the self. 
And the Leshem uses a Lashon of Shalhuvin de Rechimu, flames of compassion, flames of love, which can only be ignited and awoken through the act of Gevura. And Be'ezra Sashem, next week we're going to see how these Gevuros manifest and coalesce to create the first expression of reality after the Simpsom, which is going to be Shvira Sakalim, the shattering of the vessels, and which is entirely rooted on Gvuros, and we're going to see that the Leshem has a, a very unique opinion as to the shattering of the vessels, which are typically considered a traumatic event, but for the Leshem, it is a positive trauma. It is a, a destruction that allows for activity. It is a breaking that allows for growth. And we're going to see Bezra Sashem as we continue in these series of Shirim, how one Shir kind of leads to another in creating the thread of thought of the Leshem Shubhava Chaloma.